Hey guys, welcome back, welcome back. It's your girl, Annette Harris, your certified mental health ambassador and host of this podcast, Mind Mending in the Net, distributed by Get Caught in a Net Incorporated. And remember to always think of this experience as a net for your mind to mend. And I do encourage you to please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Look for Mind Mending in the Net on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast shows. And if this is your first time joining us, thank you for stopping by and listening to this podcast. Uh, We're here. My mantra is everything starts in the mind. And I just want to kind of chit chat today. I was looking on social media at a post that kind of it it grabbed my attention guys and the reason why it grabbed my attention is because it it spoke of and and I'm gonna paraphrase it in a nutshell it spoke of how we deal with um, bereavement others bereavement um, more or less and our reaction to um, you know when someone else is grieving sometimes we may not know the words to say, uh, but this is what I want to address because death we know is sure. And even though some individuals may face it or may have faced it probably a little bit more than others, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that um, we can just say anything to that bereaved or grieving family. Um, And I I think sometimes that we we, we try to, we try to reason it at ourselves um, and think, okay, if I say this to them, maybe that'll make them feel better when in all actuality, sometimes what you say may be more harm, (laughs) more harmful than, than helpful. So, um, the post uh, that I, I saw was uh, actually a very good friend of mine, and I have her here just to join in this conversation with me on today. Uh, Brandy McCourt is in the podcast house, the virtual house on today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful. Glad to be in the room, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Before I go further, I, uh, let me do this. Let me just give you a little bit of background about Brandy. Brandy is an awesome professional photographer right Um, and she is the owner of quantum imaging photography which actually her title is photographic digital artist Uh, she's awesome at what she does she has actually been dubbed the eye when it comes to her work Um, she's based out of Chicago Illinois or the suburbs And she and her husband are the faces behind the new Exquisite Fractures Anthology series. Um, Here they write, they direct, and produce short films. And you are definitely going to need to make sure you keep your eye out for the McCords. Their production company is Tilted Room Productions. Let me, let me do this. I'm going to read a little bit of the post, okay, so you guys know where I'm coming from. Um, she had here, people who are in mourning 
hear your words differently than you may intend. They see their loved ones' faces while watching TV, driving, or trying to fix their dinner. They are reliving their last encounter with them while you are trying to comfort them and tell them, I'm praying for you, or it will get better. No matter what kind words are said or how many hugs are given, when they are left alone, they are assaulted by an inescapable reality that their loved one is never coming back. Please be patient, be careful, be accepting of their outbursts, irritability, unresponsiveness, and displays of hopelessness. They are battling something that we could never fully understand until we're forced to. And that was the essence, that was, those were all the words of that post. Wow. And yeah, that's what I said, <laughs> Brandon, when I read it. <laughs> because, and I, and I think it probably hit me a certain way, Brandy, because I've experienced personally so many deaths in my family. Yes. And, you know, bereavement, that ain't no cakewalk. That ain't no walk in the park, you know. Yeah. Grieving over the death of a loved one and... And then you have some people saying certain things. They they think they think they're cheering you up, but yeah, yeah. So tell me why why did you even come to um, make that post? Um, I, I I'm speaking from the heart. Now I'm I'm one who I don't know if you know or not, but I'm I've always been very awkward just growing up period so as an adult though i try to look like i have it together or whatever i'm very awkward and one thing you do know is that i'm um i'm not a girlfriend type of person Mm -hmm. you and i've had lengthy discussions about this i I, i'm not a girlfriend type of person i feel like i don't need friends let me just be me and whatever you've made you've changed my view on that however there are some you, you know I'm still not a girlfriend type of person. I just now am enjoying my friendships as sisterhoods, I feel, with a select group of women. So I love it. Um, But I've learned the awkwardness, even though I'm an adult and I feel like I have it together, there is still an awkwardness that I have and I feel I'll always have when my friends are going through the grieving process. Um, I say things... um, I, I, I don't always have the right situa- uh, words to say in a normal situation. Mm-hmm. So let alone someone has lost someone dear to them. I'm always I'm always overanalyzing what I say. And I, I think that's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because it causes me to freeze. So either I'm saying, it puts me in a situation so whether I'm, say, I'm doing one of two things. I'm saying the wrong thing and beating myself up afterwards, or I'm freezing and I don't say anything at all. Um, so I, I was just, it, it's caused me to do some self-reflecting because many of my friends are losing people. I, I, an enormous amount of my friends are new. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's our age and we're losing parents, but I also have a lot of, um, uh, women who I hold dear who are losing their children, mm. who are losing, you know, with COVID, you know, we lost people we did not expect to lose. So um, instead of ignoring it and saying, you know, um, yeah, I'm just awkward with that. 
I'll just leave it alone. No, it, it's coming in. I need to up my skill level with this. If I truly care about the people I care about, I need to up, um, up my skill level. And it's just caused a lot of self-reflection of how I behave in these situations because I do want to be a better friend and a better comfort than what I'm doing currently. My goodness, you have said a mouthful. You really have. Um, it, and, it, and it's interesting, you know, as you were mentioning about, uh, it seems, you know, here lately, uh, you have come in contact or, you know, acquaintances, friends, individuals that you know who have lost so many people. And, you know, of course, the, you know, what we're living in now, we've been dealing with for the past couple of years, you know, some um, probably uh, a good portion of that is probably attributed to, you know, covid um, and then, oh gosh, and you mentioned about those individuals who, who've uh, lost children as well. That, that's not an easy thing to deal with, just like you said about how, you know, individuals have been dying that you never even thought about, mm-hmm. you know, dying. Um, even though, as I said earlier, death is a sure thing, you know, but it's, it- not, it's not something that we gravitate to. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we're, it's not like, you know, you have individuals, I mean, unfortunately you do have some, but you know, the majority of, you know, people are not thinking, okay, I'm probably going to die tomorrow or something like that. Or my loved one, you know what I'm saying? That's not at the forefront of your mind. That, yeah, of course. Right. But it's, we do know that we have to deal with it, but when it comes, <laughs> Or whenever it hits, it's that you're in a totally different, you know, mindset, you know, arena. You know, I always tell people, and, and uh, many know that, you know, I've, I've actually, and really just realized this too, uh, in January of this year, I, it's been 30 years since I have been helping bereaved families to plan the services for their loved ones. And I didn't realize it had been that long. Um until I was actually planning a funeral for actually a family member in um, January of this year. And then wow. I, I was like, oh my God, it's been 30 years. Oh my, my, my. Now, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this in here. I'll insert this. The first uh, death that I experienced, a family member passing away was the death of my brother. And I was, I was young. I was 15 years old at the time. So that was like the first, um, you know, immediate family death, you know, one that was really close to me. I mean, others had died. Like I think my great granddad or somebody, my grandparents had passed, you know, before then, but this was so close to me. And so that took me mentally into a totally different world. Yeah. If I can just say that. And so, of course, at that point, because I was so fragile, um, it, it really mattered what people said at that point mm-hmm. and how they addressed, you know, us losing him and, 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 and so forth. And I'll never forget, and I was just telling someone this, I'll never forget there was this one young lady at my church, uh, at the church we were attending at that time. She Mm -hmm. literally pulled my sisters and my mom and us to the side. And it's it's ingrained in my mind right now. I, I, I 
literally remember where we were standing. We were standing on the, on the steps of the church, as a matter of fact. Now, this wasn't a funeral or anything. This was like a totally different like church service. And she told us specifically, she said, and because at that point she had lost like so many siblings herself. And she, she told us, she said, if you ever have to let it out, release it, whether you have to cry, scream, or whatever, she said, do it. Do not let it bottle up inside. She said, because it could affect you physically. And she, she was a witness because she didn't do that. And it started affecting her physically. And she had, you know, various ailments, um, you know, with her body, but I'll never forget that. And I literally took a hold of that too. (laughs) I asked, did you, did you like, did, did you actually put that into practice? Oh my God, I did. I did so to the point that I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Um, and, and, and that simply means um, when, okay, so my brother passed in the summer of, of that year of 83. I had to go back to school. I was going into my junior year. Uh-huh. And my my uh, friends of mine, you know, I just went, you know, whatever. But it, it was very hard. It was very hard. Um, but like two years later, when I graduated from high school, I remember a very good friend of mine told me, they said, you know what? They said, when you return back to school after your brother died, you were a zombie. Yeah. They said, you walked around as if, you know... And I think I, I thought I was okay. You know, they said you were just, you, it, it was, a, it was just a shell of you there, you know, going to classes or whatever, whatever. And I, I, I recall distinctly, I would be, I, Brandy, I would literally be sitting in class, the teachers up teaching, I'm sitting in class. And then all of a sudden I just, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it. I started crying and I had I to literally run out the room. Oh my gosh. I would, I, I, I don't understand. I could, I could see you maintaining, um, mm-hmm. you know, just regular life, just going about your life, but having to be in a structured situation and try to s- still um, absorb knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I'm not that you should have not gone back, but I'm, I'm just, I can't imagine having to be in that situation and having to still push through and still try to be successful and learning and absorbing things. I can't imagine that. Yeah, it, it was rough though. It was very rough. And you know, I, I, I'm sure, and I know my mom, she wanted us to try to get, you know, to some normalcy. Um, you know, everything had been uprooted at that point. You know, that was, he was the only brother, you know, so then it was just us girls in the house, you know. Um, so it was, everything had changed. Everything had changed. And, um, she, she wanted us to try to, 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 you know, try to carry on with life as best we could. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. I, I couldn't handle it. I know that there are some, you're talking about trying to, in a structured environment and, and trying to learn, oh, trust me, uh, what was it? Chemistry? What, what was, I forget what, which science I had. Oh, I was, I was flunking horribly because I couldn't concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. I could not concentrate. But the flip of that, and I'm, I'm going to say this and then we can kind of move on. But the, the other, the other, uh, in addition to, you know, me um, having a hard time because of the fact that my brother was gone, but I'll never forget that um, we were in homeroom or something, I think when we started off the school year. 
And I found out that the sister of the assailant that killed my brother was in my classroom. Uh-uh. Yes. Uh-uh. Yes. Yes. I have never, as, as many times as I've heard you tell, talk about this situation, I have never heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yep. So that was, that was torment <laughs> on top of everything else. I'm like, oh my God. I freaked out. the direction. We're about to change the direction of this whole podcast. <laughs> you know we're going to have to sit talk some more about this. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. Yeah. So then, you know, if, if, if you know, I, if people, people would understand, um, you know, if I was to tell them, you know, how I acted and or reacted after my brother's death, they'll understand why, if, you know, if I tell them all the things that I had to deal with personally. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the things. So maybe that's why I was walking around like a zombie. Cause I, I just, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> did you guys interact? Uh, I did my best not to. Does she know you? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I I know she knew who I was. Jeez. Yeah. Yep, she did. But, um, you know, on, on top of that, you know, I, I know you've heard me say this about how that family, um, the assailant's family, um, they, they threatened my family. Yeah, they were disgusting. Yeah, very their, much so. Their behavior was so disgusting. Right. Yep. So, so that's how I knew that she knew who I was. Okay. Yeah. So she knew. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, families are families of, of assailants, mm-hmm. of murderers. You know, you can't put them in the same pot. They're they're sorrowful. They're like, we are so sorry that we have this happened. We don't know how he turned out this way and blah, blah, blah. A lot of times you see that and you can't blame them for that. Right. But the way they behave. Yes. It was disgusting. Very much so. Very much so. So then, you know, you have different individuals who, you know, are, are grieving for the death of their loved one, but then how their loved one died, you know, it, it really does depend um, our words, you know, what we say to them. It's, it, it's going to be very important what we say and how we say it. So yeah. um, you, you had mentioned in regards to that post that you, uh, well, I saw it as, as a comment that you mentioned that you yourself literally, um, I think you used the words um, that it, it bothered you of how you behaved before towards some people before you realized that your words have have, have effect. Yeah. I, I think I paraphrased that. Um, yeah. Tell me, tell us what you meant by that. Um, for you, I will, but you notice I did not... Um, expound true <laughs> true yes i do know <laughs> i know it's not it's, it's not a favorite part but again i'm in a period of self-reflection at this point um and I, I try to put myself in that this is what i'm doing now in this period of my life putting myself as much as i can in the other person and the receiver's um point of view um i you know the go-to response is oh i'm i'm praying for you you know, I'm praying. I'm praying for your comfort and peace. And honestly, now I I I honestly stop and I do pray for that. Before, I was just saying it because it's what else do you say? Right. Um, and it's such an empty coming from me because I don't 
I, I, I can't imagine. I don't want to put myself in that person's place. I don't know if I can handle it. So there was an empty comment of, I'm praying for your comfort and peace. And when a person hears that enough, it's like in one ear out of the ear. Like, why did you even say it? Don't say anything, because this is not sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've given a lot of insincere, quote unquote, comfort words with nothing behind it. And um, to me, it's better as a person, to be a better person. Um, don't say anything. Um, there are times when I felt um, in the past, why, okay, they died five years ago. They died 10 years ago. Why are you still, it seems like you're just as raw as when they died. You know, get over it, move yeah. on with life. Yeah. Um, that's such a horror. I did not realize what a horrible thing to think. I, I would never say that, but to even feel it, what gives you a right to put a timeline or a timer, a stop clock on somebody's grieving? What what quali- like I had to stop and say, what quali- what qualifications do I, do, do I feel like I have to be able to tell somebody when it's time for them to stop grieving? Or even if that's possible, what have you lost? Yeah. Now I've had the losses in my life, but I have never had the type of loss of most of the people who have lost loved ones. I've lost grandparents. I have not had losses that even come anywhere close to -hmm. what these people are experiencing yet I had an innate reaction to say oh geez would you get over it already what I'm really saying is I not not so much you get over it and you stop feeling this bad or but what I'm saying is you know what you make me uncomfortable I'm tired of being uncomfortable around you I'm tired of you bringing me down. I want to be happy continuously without having to hear about your loss and your grief. That's really what it was. And when a lot, I feel like when a lot of people say that, they're not, they're not worried about the person's grief. They're not worried. So when they say, okay, get over it already, or please move on, they're not, it's not so much I want you to be healed. Sometimes it is, of course, to those that are close to us. I want you to be healed. But also it can be, I don't want to be inconvenienced by your grief anymore. I feel like it's gone on long enough. I've given you the support that I feel you should have, but I I don't want to be inconvenienced by by your sadness anymore. I mean, I have to look at myself, um, look at myself under that lens and say, First of all, who am I to have the right? I mean, what gives me the right? Number two, um, if you are not, if you don't love or care for them enough to continue to empathize with their loss, then leave them alone. Number three, if you do care, then what can I do? How about asking them, what can I do to help you get through this? I don't know if I'm qualified to help you, but if there is anything that I can do, tell me what I can do to help you deal with this or to even if it it helps you for me to just sit and listen or if it helps you for me to get the H out your face tell me that (laughs) right I'll do that and and, and throw that H in there I'm not offended (laughs) tell me and I'll do it do you know what I mean oh yes I know exactly what you mean 
Brandy, thank you so much for joining in on this conversation, um, just having this chat, um, talking about bereavement. It's not an easy subject to approach or deal with, but it's something that we need to discuss. How should we handle and or help um, those individuals that are dealing with grief, that are dealing with uh, bereavement? Um, should we say something or should we keep our mouth shut? Um, since this conversation is so intense, there are going to be a few more um, episodes that we are going to allow you to listen to. Come on and give your thoughts and your opinions. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can always email me at mindmendinginthenet at gmail.com. Again, mindmendinginthenet at gmail.com. You can send your questions or comments about this episode or any other episodes that you have heard. I do appreciate you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Mind Mending in the Net. You can look for us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast shows. Mind Mending in the Net, where everything starts in the mind. We'll see you soon.